This is Witch. I'm your host, Crystal Kennedy, and together we'll explore the world of magic, mysteries of the universe, spirituality, and so much more. The word witch for me has always stood for woman in total control of herself. Well, I'm far from having total control over myself, but I strive to learn more every day and share my findings here with you. I invite you fellow seekers to grab a broomstick or your favorite witch's brew, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Witch. Hello, hello, my babes. Ah. It's your girl, Crystal, your friendly neighborhood witch here, and I am so incredibly excited to say happy Mystical Monday and welcome to the season two premiere of Witch. Oh my goodness, it's been so long since last we met, my loves. I'm so sorry for taking so much longer than I planned on to launch this last season, but I had a whole lot of life pop up. Y'all know how that goes. And since the podcast is written, produced, edited, performed all of the things by yours truly. Um, I decided to push it back a little bit so I could make this season as magical and wonderful as I had originally planned. Um, A whole lot has happened since last we spoke, my witches, most notably being I got married. Uh, I got to marry my favorite human being on the planet on my favorite day of the year, Halloween, Samhain. Um, I did that not only to honor my favorite day and time of the year, but also to honor my beloved late grandmother, who was the matriarch of our family. Um, Her wedding anniversary was also on Halloween. However, she was Italian, and I I don't know (laughs) that Italians have the same sort of Halloween tradition that we do. I don't even know if she knew what Halloween was when she got (laughs) married. But for me, it was a little kismet moment to be able to honor her and honor my love of Halloween on the same day, as well as the man in my life. Um, it was amazing. It was the most beautiful day. Uh, It was so much magic. It's a podcast episode all in itself to explain to you the amount of gorgeous magic that there was swirling around that day. And since it's Halloween too, um, and the veil is thinner on that day, I thought it was a cool way for maybe my ancestors to have a little more access and show up and and celebrate the day with us. And I really felt them there. So I think that that worked. (laughs) But it has been a crazy ride since last we spoke, my loves. Um, I don't know about all of you, but it has been like the energy has been like a roller coaster. It's been thrilling in moments, but nearly impossible to catch my breath and find my footing. Um, But the show must go on. You must find your peace in the chaos, right? So (laughs) here we go. The show is happening. Um, And speaking of that, now is the perfect time to let you all in on some of the fun new stuff I have planned for this season. First of all being, uh, we are going to start each episode which with uh, a new segment called The Magical Week Ahead. This is going to be a new weekly segment where I give you all the 411 on all the magical energy happening for the week, uh, including some of the major astrological influences, a three-card energy reading for the week, what crystals I recommend keeping close by, um, and since I'm a seasoned bartender by trade, as well as a witch, I thought it would be fun to add some um, some potions of the week as well. Um, there isn't one this week, but... Uh, If you like that idea, let me know in my DMs on Instagram, and I will absolutely start adding them in. Um, And the potion will most often be um, an an option for like a cocktail with alcohol in it, and I'll give you all the spiritual meanings behind alcohol as well as some 
tips and tricks and all that fun stuff. Um, but also a mocktail version for those of us who don't drink. I myself do not drink anymore. So um, I thought it'd be fun to have something for those who like to imbibe and for those who don't like to imbibe. So anyway, hopefully you enjoy it. And with that, I think we should just jump in. Um, the astrological influences this week, I, I figured since I just finished and released the astrological forecast for January, um, that I'd skip that this week because it felt like it'd be a little bit redundant, <laughs> you know? Um, but if you are fiending for some astrological info and you haven't checked out the astrocast with my favorite star child, words, favorite star child, Danny Santos, head on over to the Astrocast on this podcast <laughs> and check out all the fun stuff that's happening in January. Also, if you want even more of a deep dive, um, my lovely star child, Mr. Danny Santos, uh, also does a weekly uh, astrology newsletter. So you can email him at santosastrology at gmail.com to get added to that weekly astrology newsletter. I know I use it every week to help plan my life out. So um, it's really amazing. And it gets into the nitty gritty of like what what's going on with the planets week to week. So that is my astrological thing for this week. <laughs> um, so let's move into the tarot for this week. Um, the three card reading I'm doing this week is personal life, work life and uh, spiritual life. So let's go ahead and start with personal life. For personal life, the card that came up this week was the Page of Wands. And I fucking love that this card came up for our personal lives, especially in the first month of the year, because this card coming up indicates an energy of newfound excitement, a willingness to explore new things. The page for me always indicates um, an apprenticeship of some sort. So it's almost like we are ready to even be a student or an apprentice to whatever it is that we are um wanting to discover right now. So even if you were doing like the new year's resolution thing, there is almost this extra fervor and spiritual passion behind your reason for bringing these new personal ventures into your life. There's like, um, a beautiful freedom and willingness to try new things. So if you are, um, looking to do something in your personal life, you guys have a, a, a well of passionate spiritual fire behind you in this particular moment. So Get to the gym, uh, start a meditation practice, get into your spirituality, redo a budget, whatever it is that you are willing or not necessarily willing, but you are wanting to explore and um, and dig into, this is the perfect time to do that. Um, all right. So for work life, I picked the four of pentacles, which again, perfect for the beginning of the year. This makes total sense. The four of pentacles is all about saving money. It's about being um, conservative. It's about making sure you have a financial security uh, net set up. Um, and I feel like a lot of us do this around the first of the year kind of naturally, mainly because probably we're all so broke from, <laughs> from Christmas and Hanukkah and the whole holiday season that happens in December. Um, but this energy really is coming forward right now in our work and personal lives, even in our business lives. Um, you're making smarter decisions. You're planning ahead. You're being more deliberate with how you're spending, where you're spending it. Um, it's a very, um, you know, it's actually a great thing for right now. You're looking for more security and control and looking to create a safety net for yourselves financially um, and in your business. For the soul life, I picked the star, which if you've listened to the astrological forecast for January is the card of January. Like <laughs> amazing that this came up, especially in the soul position in this reading. Um, the star is all about renewed faith, renewed hope, purpose, spirituality, getting back in touch with that spiritual nature that you have. And it's also 
ruled by Aquarius, which is the sign that we're moving into this month in January. And there's a lot of that Aquarian flavor already starting um, in our lives right now. So this card coming up is even more of a signal that we have just almost this renewal happening in our lives. This whole reading feels like that to me in a way. Um, there's just this big renewal happening in our lives where we're reigniting our passions, we're rededicating ourselves to the paths that we've chosen for ourselves, or even dedicating ourselves to a new passion. There's just this almost breath of fresh spiritual air happening. So this reading, I think this week, the energy from this reading anyway, um, seems like it's going to be a very wonderful, exciting, adventurous week. So that is my little quick three card reading for this week, this particular week in the Wheel of Time. <laughs> um, if you're looking for a little more of an in-depth reading or you want something more personalized, you can book a tarot reading with me um, on my website, crystalmooncompany.com. And um, if you are looking for something a little more deep, please check me out and we'll get to chatting. <laughs> All right, so the crystals that I am recommending keeping close by this week, and granted, this is just my recommendation, obviously, like you can use whatever crystals you like, <laughs> but these are ones that just are coming kind of to the forefront of my um, life right now, and I thought I'd share. Um, since we just welcomed in a new year, and New Year's always comes with its resolutions, uh, the crystals I'm recommending um, correspond to some of the areas that you might be focusing on with your New Year's resolutions, especially with the tarot reading that we were just doing. Um, a lot of these will also kind of aid you in that personal life, page of wands, go get it energy, right? It's going to be your little sidekick for that. <laughs> so... Um, um, I am going to start off with some of the crystals that I am personally carrying right now. Um, maybe they'll give you something, some sort of inspiration or something. I don't know, but we're going to start there. Um, right now, I am personally carrying amethyst to continue co to connect words, to continue to connect with my intuition, uh, make wiser decisions, and to find balance in my life. That is something that I constantly struggle with, and I find that amethyst is really, really good to helping you connect to not only the intuition, but that sense of balance, because I feel like our intuition really wants us to be balanced. So that's a really powerful stone for me. Um, I'm carrying citrine for abundance, manifesting my dreams into reality and joy, and also some of that sun energy that comes with a citrine crystal. Um, and as always, black tourmaline to help release the negative energy around me and to aid in protection. Um, but along with the black tourmaline, I also almost always clear, uh, carry clear quartz to help cleanse my energy and keep my intentions pure and help me kind of weed out some of the um, the fuzz in my head, if you will. I feel like clear quartz is always really good for helping you kind of get to the root of what you need. Um, some others, though, that I want to kind of throw into the mix, especially when it comes to New Year's resolutions and stuff, um, if you're looking to bring love into your life, rose quartz, I mean, of course, <laughs> um, but rose quartz isn't just the stone about love. It's about unconditional love. It's bringing that unconditional loving energy into your life um, just as much for yourself as you would for anybody else. Because in my personal opinion, to truly love somebody else, you have to begin with loving yourself. So rose quartz will aid you in self-love as well as, you know, any unconditional love, familial love, and romantic love. Um, if you're doing um, some sort of fitness goal for yourself right now, red jasper is amazing. Um, it is a sassy little stone that helps you keep your energy up through any intense workout. And I actually found this amazing little like cocktail of crystals on a website called Gem water.com. It's gem, 
dashwater.com. Um, and if you carry a combination of red jasper, um, magnesite, and clear quartz on you, it will actually boost your endurance level. Um, so that's a really powerful combination to carry on you if you are looking to do any fitness goals this particular year or moment. <laughs> um, if you're looking to uh, get your willpower in check, maybe you're dieting, maybe you're um, you know trying to create more of your self-expression. You're trying to come into your own personal power a little more. Um, tiger's eye is a beautiful stone for that. It is one of my favorite stones. I carry it on me almost always because God knows this girl could use some more self-control. <laughs> um, if you're looking to do something more creative, if you have more of a creative goal, maybe you want to write that screenplay or you know, start acting or paint or whatever it is. Um, lapis lazuli is an amazing stone for inspiration and creative energy. So if you have any creative goals right now, I highly recommend carrying lapis lazuli on you. Um, as well as, um, amethyst, that little combination is lovely for that as well. So those are the crystal recommendations I have for you this week. Um, and that actually concludes, um, the magical week ahead of us. So hopefully this helps you kind of navigate some of the energy that's happening and gives you some inspiration and some tools for your journey. <laughs> and now for the reason we are all here. <laughs> um, all right, today, my loves, for this particular episode, since it's the season premiere, I have not one, not two, but three of my favorite magical babes on the cast to help me kick the season off properly. I am joined by my favorite star child, Danny Santos of Santos and the Crystal Visions, the woman with the magic hands, Maria Dominique Lopez of the Phoenix Rising Course, and Annie Calvanesso, the glam fit diva herself. Um, I have gathered these insanely mystical and empowering babes to talk about the reason we are all listening to this podcast anyway. Magic. There is so much to be said for what this word means, and I believe it means something just a little bit different to everyone. So me and the most magical babes I know are here to talk about just that. What is magic anyway? <laughs> but before we jump into this week's episode, if you could please take a moment to help a witch out and rate and review the show, um, five stars is amazingly appreciated. You babes have no idea how much it helps keep this magic rolling. So if you have a moment and love the show, please rate and review. All right, babes, I have such a magical season premiere in store for you. So without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hello, my darlings. I am joined on the season two premiere of Witch Podcast, the Witch Podcast, woman in total control of herself. And I am joined by my spiritual besties, Danny Santos of Santos and the Crystal Visions, Annie Calvanesso of the Glam Fit Diva and other amazing things. And then the gorgeous Maria Dominique Lopez from Ascending Arts and the Phoenix Rising program. I am so thrilled to have you guys here with me. We are here to talk about what the hell magic actually is anyway, and to welcome us back to a glorious season two. Hello, loves. Hello. Wow. <laughs> Hi. Hello. Hi. <laughs> All right, my darlings. Ooh. <coughs> got Holy spirit, activate. <laughs> activate. <laughs> Just going to say, I got too overwhelmed by all the magic in the room. I couldn't help it. Um, <laughs> how my loves? Hello, hello. How are we? How are we doing? Is the magic flowing in your lives lately? 
Girl, you know that magic is all over the place. We are mm. <laughs> recording this the night that the, the lunar eclipse is coming on. Between, <laughs> between the zodiac sign Scorpio and Taurus. So come on, baby. You know that this was divine timing. Woo! It sure was. Oh my God, that's so true. Can you actually tell a little, tell us just a tiny bit about what that means too? Absolutely. So this eclipse that's coming up is actually a precursor to the next 18 months that are that are going to be activated starting January 18th. So from that period, the North Node will be moving out of Gemini and finally it's moving into Taurus. So it, Taurus will be favored. This idea of stability, beauty, the Garden of Eden, allowing ourselves to really plant our roots, our seeds after going through this Gemini last 18 months. Um, but this eclipse is just going to be a little tasty taste of what's in store for us for 2022 and 2023. Ooh, I'm so, so excited. I'm yeah. Excited. Taurus bitch, you know, I got it. I know, I know. <laughs> and all of the Scorpio things of life, it's going to be on the South Node. So we're releasing trauma, intensity, instability, having things ripped apart um, and moving. I see Annie dancing there <laughs> and, and moving towards all of the, the Venusian things of life. It's beauty, yes. sensuality, comfort. It's going to be a good time for Taurus, y'all. <laughs> no, I'm so excited for that. I think we could all use just a little stability in this. <laughs> and yeah. everybody here on the Zoom, Maria's got that moon in Scorpio, uh -huh. North Node in Taurus. You're a Taurus. Annie's moon sign is Taurus. <laughs> yep. Living for this. Living for this. It's going to be good. I'm just a little bit terrified about this Venus in retrograde that's going to happen in Capricorn since my mm. rising is in Capricorn. I'm like a little nervous slightly, it, but it's going to be a thing, girl. We'll yeah. get through oh, it together. Yes. I got that Cap rising uh, too. Oh yes, just find the medicine. Uh, Try to find the medicine wherever you can. That's my. That is my only anything for you. <laughs> so that's the literal magic. That's yeah, like in the air I was right just going to say that is the literal magic happening right now. And since we are on that topic. Um, I actually, since like we talk about magic all of the time and I know a lot of our listeners are like seasoned and, and understand what that means for them. Cause I feel like it's very personal. Um, but a lot of people don't really know what that word means when we say it, like they're thinking of the Hollywoodized version of it, where it's like, you know, you point a wand at something and it, magic shoots out of it. And that's, that's not really what we mean when we talk about magic. So I, I'm going to start off with what magic is for me. And then I kind of want to go around and like get that feeling for you guys too, because I feel like it is an individual thing. Um, for me, magic is energy. It is working with the natural energies that are around us, be it planetary movement, be it um, plants and animals, the energy of a person, the energy of a spice of a thing, putting intention into something, because as we know from quantum mechanics and quantum physics, our intentions actually affect the matter around us. And that is proof of the energetic magic for me. Um, and I see it every time me and my spiritual besties get together and do a bougie ass dinner, which is our monthly thing. Um, and it's like, it's amazing to watch magic, just attract to it. And it's because of the energy we're all bringing with us. And, and that reverberates out. So that, that is what magic is for me. It is energy and the honoring and manipulation that's the wrong word but it's the right word in terms of for like what you're doing like working with the energy around you that's what witchcraft is it is working with the energies given to you to create the desired outcome yes so absolutely that is, love that that is my crystal. definition thank you baby what Girl. is it for you um, so, you know, being an astrologer everything kind of goes through the cycle of the 12 astrological archetypes and 
<laughs> it sounds so stereotypical, but there is no greater magic in life than being yourself. I completely and agree. I, that's part of the reason why when we get together for our monthly dinners and we're doing our you know spiritual entrepreneur things, people flock to our table. They want to talk to us because we're being our authentic selves and we're encouraging other people to be their most authentic selves. And mm. magic is this feeling that's it's reverberant. It's something that moves when you're giving your authenticity. That's true magic. And if we think about those 12 archetypes, what is magic or wellness for one sign might not necessarily be magic or wellness for another. So we have to understand that magic, as much as it's subjective, there's also this objective element of you have to respect other people in a sacred space. Magic is boundaries, which we can all agree here. I think that's our favorite word in this group. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But magic is also, it's, you know, what the God archetype for a Gemini would look like versus a Leo or a Pisces or a Capricorn or a Taurus, like each one of these, these God, the highest sense of authenticity looks different. So we follow these archetypes because it takes us to our wellness. It takes us, uh, to that sense of destiny fulfillment. And if you look at that North node in your birth chart, we're going to see what is magic for you. How do you achieve it? And how are you going to be yourself in this lifetime? Oh, that is so incredibly well said, Danny. The listeners, I wish you could see this Zoom chat right now because there's like all these heads just nodding back and forth and like- Maria's like shimmying. Yeah, it's like, that is (laughs) is such a beautiful answer. And I think that's why astrology is just such a great tool for us as as a society is. And I love it when somebody does their birth chart for the first time and they're skeptical. And then I've seen Danny do it at least three times where (laughs) he gets a skeptic and by the end of it, they're like, Oh, I understand why you do astrology now. This was, he was so accurate. And I'm like, yeah, bitch. (laughs) Magic is just science. Nobody has answers for yet. (laughs) Amen, girl. Out there in the quantum world, they got to figure it out. We just got to follow suit. A motherfucking man. Maria, I want to hear your answer next, my love. Okay. I want to um, just go off of what Danny said um, for a second here, what he's talking about, about authenticity, especially the boundaries thing. My answer to what is magic um, is my answer to every question. Uh, it's the, it is the answer, in my opinion, to every question. And it's also every question. And that is love. Magic is love. Magic is the question. Uh, love is the question. Love is the answer to everything. And I think that that's really what magic is. And I think when we're talking about what Danny was talking about with regards to boundaries, particularly, you know, boundaries are a way that we love ourselves and they're also a way that we love others. And I think Mm -hmm. it's so poignant that he brought up boundaries because I feel like, I mean, you all tell me if you feel like this is true. I sometimes feel this like initial feeling when someone sets a boundary with me, I initially feel a feeling of rejection, Mm -hmm. um, a little bit of shame and a little bit of pain. And it's so funny because if somebody didn't want to be with me. If they didn't want to be my friend or be in my life or, you know, be my partner or whatever, they wouldn't set a boundary with me. They would just hit the road. They would just ghost me and be like, peace out. We're done. But a boundary is really somebody's way of telling you, I love you. I want to continue this interaction in this relationship with you. And there's just this one tiny little thing that is not making that as, you know, um, holistic and as healthy and as, um, as wonderful as it could be. And so if we can change this one thing, then yeah, we can have this beautiful, uh, relationship and this beautiful love. And so that's one thing that I want to say about what Danny said about boundaries. And then what he said about authenticity too, is so true because I think we all know by now that our lives, the way we love 
the way we receive love, the way we give love, the way we magnetize love to us in life comes from this place of loving ourselves first. And that is true authenticity because when you can show up as your authentic self and really love and respect who you are, then the people who love and respect you kind of just show up. And, and that's kind of one of the things that I, I, I've posted about often, and I'm talking about you three when I do it, about this idea that if we can step into our most authentic selves in a way that shows us and everyone around us that we love ourselves, guess what? Our tribe immediately manifests itself. Like I didn't have you all a year ago because I didn't love myself a year ago. Not the way, not in the best way that I could be loving myself. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden I decided to really lean into the authentic piece, like like radically accepting who I was, giving myself that love. And then boom, now here all, all of you three are. And just fulfilling my life in such beautiful ways. So my answer to the question, what is magic is it's love. It's just love. In every iteration that we can give it, love becomes magic. Love creates magic. Oh, such a good answer. I love that. Yes. Well, love, huh? Um, that is amazing. Yes. That's, that is so fucking true. And it piggybacks nicely with everything else too. Cause I feel like we're all talking about similar aspects of the same thing. And I just, I mm, love that. Yeah. Annie. Oh, yes, to everything that everyone has said so far. I agree with everything. For me, um, personally, to me, magic is caused by empowering yourself through self-awareness, at least in my story. Um, for anyone who didn't know me before, I used to be very closed off to everything. Um, very, very closed off to my emotions as a trauma response, actually. And I couldn't access any of my magic because I didn't have any self-awareness and I wasn't able to love myself because I didn't even know who the fuck I was. <laughs> so I think for me, it was being able to look at like the darkest parts of myself, be aware of what they were, heal myself, start loving myself despite all of those flaws. And then I was able to start feeling my emotions. Um, I feel like someone listening needs to hear this. Um, if you ignore your emotions, you cannot access self-awareness because emotions are energy in motion. So you're shut off to the movement of life. You're shut off to your emotions. You're shut off to self-awareness and you're shut, shutting off your magic. So for me, that's really what magic means. Oh my God. Yes, bitch. Yes. That is such, yes. yes. That is such an amazing answer. I have never heard that before. Emotions are energy in motion. It is so yeah. perfect. I haven't heard that either. And I love that. Oh, really? Because again, it yeah. all it's ties beautiful. back into energy. That is exact. Oh, yes. I couldn't like, oh my God, I'm shimmying right now. I'm so happy with that response. Like, yes. <laughs> it comes from a song I wrote when I was 12. Oh, <laughs> yes. I love that so much. <laughs> you know what? And that just goes to show you that at any age, we access divine, profound sense of magic. Absolutely. It's innate in all of us. And it's, we've just... We've been taught to ignore it because Annie, the answer you have is so correct in the fact that you cannot access your magic if you are not self-aware. If you are not aware of what's happening in your emotional life and in your physical life, you will not be able to access things properly. And again, tying back into what Maria said too, magic comes from your emotions as much as the magical properties you're using in the things around you, the magical energies. And if you tap into that divine love space, that's where the most pure magic happens. And if you're doing it with like a kind of a mismatched intention or your heart is not in the right place when you're doing it, 
then it kind of tends to backfire. That's what they mean when they talk about the law of threes. But anyway, that's getting far more into things. I just love that answer so fucking much. Um, how is this like developed in your life? You know, like you, you got these, like, I know Maria was talking about like, even a year ago, this wasn't a thing for her. And like, she was on this path. How has having that awareness of energy and magic in your life affected your life? I'm going to start. Yeah. I'm going to start with you, Annie. For me, it's been every possible way to be honest with you. I used to be I used to not even be able to say the words I am sad, I am angry, I am afraid. I didn't even have any emotional awareness whatsoever. And the thing that opened it up to me was coaching when I worked with the right coach and she started asking me. That's why I believe in the power of coaching so much. Um, you know, and that's why I'm a coach myself. So anyways, um she started asking me questions about how I was feeling and like actually holding space and caring. And that was what opened me up to my emotions. And then, um, after that, I started experiencing all these crazy things that are my gifts that you guys know I have. I have mediumship abilities. I have clairvoyance, um, you know, maybe a couple other gifts. I'm not really sure, but I'm still discovering. I'm still learning. Manifestation um, gifts, girl. You got a yeah. fuck ton of manifestation potential in you. And Manif- you're definitely clear cognizant. Like, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of interesting spiritual gifts, but it actually runs in my family. Um, my mom's grandmother, I think, had this like intuition. Um, her her father was a miner and he was like in the mines one day and she was, or he was like, going to go to work in the mines and she was yelling at him not to go. And that day, like the, there was like an avalanche or something. I don't know the terminology, but everyone that was a miner that day died and he didn't because she had like a premonition and she knew. So that was someone in my family. So it definitely runs in my family. Yeah. I just don't know how far back or I don't really have any information about it, but I know that we all have those gifts amazing though because it's like it took you until you were self-aware enough to listen to it to tap in because like like you were saying like you had no real frame of reference before and once you started learning what that magic is for you what you personally where it sits in your body where you hear things how you feel it you know when it comes up is so important and you wouldn't have any of that without self-awareness and that's so fucking cool Danny what about you like I mean you've been studying magic and the craft if you will most of your life. So you like, you got to this relatively early and I, in a way I kind of envy that. Cause like, you're like, you're like Harry Potter in that way. Like, you got there early, you know? <laughs> oh, you know, honestly studying magic in my case, it, it came to me first in the form of astrology. Um, and my great grandmother lived with us when I was a kid and she would pray the rosary for three hours every day. So she was really, really attached to spirit. She had this really deep connection. Um, And she didn't really speak English, but I would sit with her all the time. And when I was 11 years old, my mom brought, you know, astrology to my attention. She's like, oh, you and your grandma have the same birthday. And I I looked it up. uh, She's like, you're an Aquarius. And I looked it up and she was wrong. I was a Pisces. (laughs) Um, But, you know, studying magic really changed my life because um, I was a child that had difficulty learning how to read, Mm. um, horrible at math, horrible at science. Um, I was just kind of slower than the other kids. And it was really a saving grace to find something that I was good at. It was magic and music that entered my life around the age of 11 and 12. And mm-hmm. it was the first time in my life where I felt like I could read for long periods of time and actually understand the information. Um, 
just all, all sorts of things that really changed my life. It was, it was my authentic self. I touched my own magic because I read every sign of the Zodiac and I was like, that kind of sounds like me. That kind of sounds like me. But when I read Pisces, I was like, that is me mm-hmm. without a doubt. And then eventually I learned about the moon sign and stuff. And I was like, I'm a double Pisces. Oh, I'm a triple Pisces. I got Mercury there too. Mm-hmm. So it's very common uh, for Pisces. We just don't feel like we're living in the physical reality, the same way that other people do. Mm-hmm. So magic kind of gave me an experience to understand it's safe to be yourself. Yes. <laughs> and just because you don't fit in one thing, there's this quote by, uh, I think it's Albert Einstein. If you judge a fish on its ability to climb a tree, it'll live its entire life thinking it's stupid. That's, oh, I love that so much because I can relate a bit. Like I had learning disabilities, to, yeah. quote unquote, when I was a kid but I just didn't learn the way that everybody else did. I'm not stupid. I just don't learn in the traditional sense. So yeah. I very much um, understand what you mean by that, Danny. And yeah. I think a lot of people who get into the craft find that they're a little different. They mm-hmm. they have something about them that might be a fringe or outcast or black sheep or, or a Scorpio. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, something that makes them a little different. But... Uh, I've gone and I, I worked in entertainment. I worked as a personal assistant. I worked for Darren Chris. I've I've done all sorts of jobs. I had been fired twice in other jobs in entertainment. I really suffered until I started working the personal assistant job. But during the pandemic, I had enough time to build my business and actually step into my authentic self. And although I loved working for Darren, I said, this is taking off. And now I'm a, a, an ambassador with the National Alliance on Mental Illness with my sound healing work. Um, I have mm. my spiritual life coaching program. So I, I have mm. six clients right now. Three of them are psychic mediums. And mm. although I'm not a medium, I know how to train a medium. Yeah. Get there. Um, so I'm getting them to embrace their gifts and talk with spirit and I'm getting ready to hopefully start doing um, different therapies with the sound healing, maybe involving, you guys know I'm studying to be an ayahuasca shaman and um, hoping to bring in ayahuasca or things like psychedelics, magic mushrooms as a therapeutic medium. So for me, going from being that, that little boy who suffered, had difficulty making friends, had braces, eczema all over his body, swollen tonsils, psoriasis, like being a chubby little boy to now stepping into my authentic self where I've got this whole gang of my spiritual entrepreneurs. I'm living the most authentic and joyful life for myself. I feel like it's the, the, what is it? The ugly duckling story where, but it's like being yourself. Yes. I and can first, I just say that I'm like, really, I think we all should be really fucking glad that you didn't become like a mathematician or something. <laughs> <laughs> you tell Thank us you wasted in the math, in the math field. Well, and I could have kept, I could have kept working in entertainment too, but you guys, I hate TV and film. I don't mm. like watching TV. I don't like watching movies. I don't like it. Oh, I love it. That was the, it's, it was one of the things that like, it takes me to another place, but I can understand what you mean. Cause I feel that way about different mediums. So it's like, so it didn't why was I, why was I working a job that was going to take me in no direction that that's authentic to myself? And I've questioned so many times, should I go back? Should I go back? But what always holds me back is I have to be my most authentic self and I don't really watch entertainment. So why would I work in it? There you go, baby. That yeah, is you- so perfect. <laughs> You put a silk scarf over your TV. Like it's never even, you can't even see it whenever I'm over here. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> oh, 
Oh my God. You are such a mystical bitch. I love you so much. <laughs> I love you too, Crystal. It's not just um, a scarf. It's a silk scarf, bitch. <laughs> you guys. <laughs> Maria, what is, um, how has magic enriched your life? Like what's been the difference for you? Um, oh my gosh. Well, I think, um, probably the biggest way is it's really brought me home to myself, you know, um, the idea of self-love being the magic in our lives, right? Um, when we talk about magic being love and um, that self-love piece being being so important to finding our most authentic selves, like Danny said, to um, you know being able to step into our empowerment, like Annie said, um, all of those things require us to love ourselves. And I think you know I, I lived a really traumatic life, a really traumatic childhood, um, and then into young adulthood, uh, up until I decided to start my healing journey. And it was my healing journey that really brought me to this place of self-love and self-acceptance, radical self-acceptance. And then it, it, just like with Annie, once I started to become aware of who I was, why I was doing what I was doing, where the places could heal, I also started beginning to be able to feel my body come online because after years of abuse, my body was basically a shell. Like I couldn't really feel anything. And, uh, and so when I started to feel my body come online, that's when I started to feel the Reiki energy start to flow through me. And for those who don't know, I'm a Reiki certified Reiki master. So, um, when I started to feel the Reiki flow through me, that's when I went and got certified because I could feel this energetic, like universal attunement that had happened. Um, my hands started tingling, my body started tingling. I would be filled with so much energy flowing through my body. I couldn't sleep at night <laughs> and I would just place my hands on people when they were in pain and their pain would go away. And I was like, what is this? I don't even understand what's going on. Um, and then I re recalled when I was maybe seven years old, maybe six, I don't know, somewhere around there. I was um, picking blackberries behind my grandma's house. My grandma had this huge, super steep hill behind her house. And there was this big field that now is a bunch of like housing condominiums and stuff. Uh, you know, they, they always pave paradise. Sure. Uh, yeah, <laughs> of course. Of course. Of course. They of course. <laughs> right. But there used to be these blackberry brambles all over. And my cousins and I would go up there every summer and we would just pick tons and tons of blackberries and like eat them all before we could get back down to the house. And our faces would be like stained. Our hands would be stained. Very cute. And one time we were heading back down the very steep hill and my cousin fell. And I don't know if she rolled her ankle or hurt her knee. I can't remember because I was too young. But I do remember stopping and putting my hands on her and like, pretending that if I just focused hard enough that I could take her pain away. And so even when I was young, even when I was little, I, I had this understanding of my purpose here and why I'm here and the magic that was within me. But, you know, I mean, we're little kids and we're just playing make-believe. And I forgot about that until the time came when I was feeling this energy run through me and then I recognized, oh, wow, like it was just always part of who I am. I just needed to get back to who I was. And that was the thing is I, the trauma that I experienced in childhood and then in my young adulthood in college uh, and then in my, you know, subsequent marriages as a, as a kind of a mid to young adult, um, those, all of those things served to take me further and further away from myself. And it was the healing of myself, the going to therapy, the, the seeking out the answers of why I do what I do and what happened to me and how I could heal from that, that really brought me back to myself and injected that magic into my life. Oh my God, such an amazing answer to that. Yes. And I, I really want to um, touch on that too, because I like what you're talking about when you were a kid, 
this thing innately was in you because I feel like, I'm sorry. I like, I just started having a conversation with somebody about their Saturn's return. And, um, she, cause she's like, I just found out about the whole Saturn return thing. Can I take you to coffee? And like, chat this out. And I was like, oh yes, girl. Cause like your Saturn's return, this is all going to tie back in your Saturn's return is like your wake up call to be like, okay, you've strayed pretty far from your path. All of your trauma is pretty, not all of it, but a lot of your trauma has happened. Like if you're not on the right path, it's time to shift those gears, even if it hurts like hell and get you back in the right direction. Because that's exactly what happened to me. It was like, the universe was like, okay, bitch, like you've had your fuck around time, time to turn your head and go this way, (laughs) you know? And, um, it, it really brings you back to yourself. It brings you back to that innate magic that, you know, you have when you're a kid and that yet you're, it's like beaten out of your head you know, by the patriarchy and all the things, not just the patriarchy, but capitalism in general. Well, um, also just we're a tribal species, yeah. right? And so our, our, literally we evolved as a tribal species. Mm-hmm. So our nervous system's like primary function is to keep us in community. So we'll, we'll survive, right? Because yeah back when we were evolving as uh, homo sapiens, right? Mm -hmm. If you got like excommunicated or exiled from the group, you were going to get eaten by a saber toothed tiger and die. Yeah. Like that was your option. Yeah. So now, yeah. So now we, our whole like ego mind's job and the nervous system's mind's job is to like keep us homogeneous and safe and just like everyone else. So that way we don't rock the boat and then we, we aren't weird and then we don't get rejected and exiled. Like Mm -hmm. it's all just like super old evolution stuff. that's still stuck within our programming. And I think that's probably why we as children, when we know we have the magic, why oftentimes we'll shut it down and deny that part of ourselves because it feels like no one else can do it. But here's the the kicker. Everyone has mediumship abilities. Everyone has this magic inside of them. Everyone has the ability to come home to themselves and to their love. But we all just somehow got this weird idea in our heads that that is weird and, you know, an exilable offense and that we need to like pretend that none of that exists. Super interesting. It is. Well, and I feel, I I completely agree with you. The evolutionary psychology of why we kind of deny this of ourselves is, is so prevalent. And I actually have one of my very, very best friends, uh, Brianna Wibito is studying evolutionary psychology right now. And it's, it's a fascinating topic too. Um, But I couldn't agree with you more. Um, It is, And I also think the reason that it's probably squashed a little bit is, and I hate to say it this way, but in a capitalist society, you kind of want people a little bit subservient. And if you, if you teach people that they are their own, you know, savior, if, if they are their own energy source, they are their own magical lightning rod or whatever, they're not going to conform quite as much, you know, they're going to be like, well, why are you going to do this for me if I can do it? And I think that started really early on when the Catholic church was becoming a thing and being built because they wanted somebody to um, have a hold of your soul. You know what I mean? In a way. And that's kind of a sick way to say it, but yeah, like, that's what I think. Danny, you have your hand up, baby. Yeah. So this totally ties into our idea of the age of Aquarius and the age before the age of Aquarius, the ages go backwards. So the final sign of the Zodiac is Pisces, but that was the last 2,150 years. We were in the age of Pisces and the age of Pisces taught us that uh, we had to go through a conduit to get through God, to, to get to God. Um, it's this idea that you needed to go to a priest or somebody who had that direct link or that connection and think about it. Jesus, his archetype is often characterized by the fish, but now I know. So he's, he's the proverbial archetype for Pisces. Um, but if we think about 
the age of Aquarius, you know, some speculate it happened in um, 2012 when the world was supposed to end or the Mayan calendar ended. Um, some people propose that it was during the North Star of Bethlehem when Saturn and Jupiter were in the conjunction um, in 2020. So people, these are just different markers of when people think this was the age of Aquarius beginning. And the age of Aquarius, <laughs> Maria's typing in the chat, Jesus was absolutely a witch. And amen, honey. Yes, he was. Him and Mary Magdalene. Okay. Um, but no. Oh God, we, we... That's so true. <laughs> Sorry, my mom has a whole theory about that too. If you guys want to hear the whole theory, listen to the very first episode of this podcast. Girl, I listened and I loved it. <laughs> I was on that shit. Yes, it is. It's a theory. Yes, absolutely. Sorry, go ahead. That's okay. But the age of Aquarius is teaching us now that um, we're moving out of the archetype of Pisces and into the archetype of Aquarius. Aquarius, the humanitarian, the group, the, 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 the thing at large, something bigger than just ourselves. So we do lose a little bit of that intimate one-on-one relationship with spirit in the age of Aquarius. But now instead of going through a conduit, everyone is God. The collective is God. And think about it, you guys. This has its pluses and its minuses. We've got cancel culture now, which can completely shut things down. And there are pluses and minuses to that. Um, There's social awareness, social justice. Aquarius is the humanitarian. It's looking out for the cause, the organization, the collective, the group. There's going to be reform. Aquarius is gender neutral. It's so we're seeing trans lives and and this sort of thing coming forward. And it's also um, technology. And we're moving into the future. This whole thing with Facebook turning into Meta and yeah. the transition into that. So we're we're seeing this transition, and it's going to change the definition of magic even in that way because. Uh, we talked about at the very beginning, the archetype of God for each sign is going to look different. And part of Aquarius's sense of God is technology. Mm, that's so interesting that like through the Pisces thing, this was kind of building up because you're so right. I think we've seen that explode through the pandemic too, because before, I mean, I, do you remember a time before zoom chats were a thing? Cause I don't anymore. Like the before <laughs> times, the before times seem so long ago, you know? And it's like, now my whole life is through this. And like most of, most of my spiritual bestie group that's right here, I didn't meet in person until months after we knew each other. And it's kind of a beautiful thing. You know, that's, that's a beautiful way that technology has enriched us, but it definitely has its downfalls. Like you're talking about cancel culture and things like that. And it's going to be interesting to see how that shifts and maneuvers over the next, however long I do Aquariusness. Um, But yeah, it's, it's so interesting too, how it's become, I love that this thing has kind of awakened now too, because it's been a resurgence almost like a resurgence of this maybe more ancient way of seeing the world around you, but through the lens of some from of this futuristic world we're living in, because let's face it, we're living in the Jetsons, like on Melrose, <laughs> on Melrose Boulevard in, in Los Angeles, there are robots like Postmates robots driving, know, driving delivering down, meals, delivering meals without any sort of human on it or around it. And it's I remember seeing that and I was like, my God, here we go. <laughs> like, <laughs> so. Well, and the age of Pisces that had its pluses and minuses, too, like sure the holy wars went crazy yeah you know and that's very of course like the pisces era is going to be fighting over spirituality and religion and who's god and who's right there like so but now it's going to be who who what group of person is right what what uh yeah marie's talking about nfts in the chat here too yeah Yeah, we got to jump into that as well but the idea that um the collective the groups of people and different you know the liberal the conservative the this 
humanitarian nature, that's going to be what our wars are over, not, yeah. not religion. Yeah. And, oh man, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see that shift too. It's, it's, uh, we're going to have to strap in. <laughs> um, Amen, honey. Um, why do you think there's been such a resurgence in this spiritual awareness and like the more ancient ish ways of kind of doing things? Um, yeah, I think what we're talking about here with the age of Aquarius, right, is, is so much a part of why I think we're having this big spiritual resurgence. Um, you know, instead of the structure of religion that as a power structure, as a colonizer, right, we've got this new way of thinking. We've got this new way of feeling into the idea of what Jan- Danny said, that everyone is God, right? And, um, and I think what you said about, um, about the pandemic, um, giving us all extra time to think, extra time to sit with ourselves, extra time to see the ways in which the systems that we have been living in up until now have not been serving us from sociopolitical ones to, Mm -hmm. um, you know, racial ones, all of those things, right. Mm -hmm. Are, are, we're kind of recognizing now it's like the lights have been turned on inside of all of us. And now we've had to kind of sit in the corner by ourselves. Mother Nature gave us a timeout to think about what we've done. <laughs> and then Delta variant came and she gave us a second timeout to think yep. about what we've done because we still hadn't learned our lesson. Yep. And and now I think people, as they're starting to really turn on that level of awareness, like what Annie was saying at the beginning, that's why they're returning to their spirituality because they're becoming more aware, they're becoming more empowered, and the magic is flowing into their lives, exactly like what Annie said at the beginning. Completely, uh, completely. I'll tell you what, like the pandemic had a lot of downfalls, but the one thing it gave everybody, whether they chose to um, recognize it or not, was time to think. Time to be pulled out of this rat race that we all had been, this hamster wheel we'd been on of work and social life and this and that and all of this craziness. We got to sit and be like, wait, what do I actually want out of my life? Because now that all of this bullshit has been stripped away, all of this, this facade of a life has been stripped away what does my life actually mean? And that's when Danny launched his programs, Maria launched her programs, Annie launched her programs. I launched my podcast because we were all like, oh, I'm doing nothing that serves me. All I'm doing is working for a paycheck and this doesn't feel right anymore. And now I've had time to think and plan. And it was a huge, it was a huge turning point for a lot of us because it was like, okay, we have this huge weird thing happening. How do we respond to that? Do I respond by giving more authenticity, more love, more of myself to hold space for people who maybe are struggling or whatever the case is for you? Or I've seen it the opposite way too, where it's kind of driven some people a little more insane because of the the lack of being able to own up to themselves or be self-aware or um, sit with themselves. And that's been a really interesting thing to watch the society as a whole come to. It's, it's, it's a very weird thing, but it's, it was beautiful for a lot of us. And, you know, for a lot of us, it was a wake up call and they're still going through it. So, you know, it is, it's a time for change and it's a time for this this brokenness of our society to kind of start to heal. I hope that's what I hope for everybody, you know? With what we were talking about before with the age of Aquarius and why we're going in this direction, I think like once you start to become self-aware, you're living for yourself. So it's almost like you are your own God because you're living for yourself finally instead of living for other people or living in a way that was not authentic to you. Um, I think everyone is self-centered, or at least I think everyone should be self-centered. And to me, that's not a bad thing. Like our world's Mm -hmm 
should be centered around ourselves because if not, you're either people pleasing to gain validation or you're just like living as a shell of yourself and going through the motions. Um, I honestly don't think it's a bad thing. I think as long as you have relational skills, that's okay. And I actually think the world would be a lot better if more people were empowered and had the self-awareness. I absolutely agree with that. Self-centered is such a misused term because it, it implies that all you give a shit about is yourself. Well, no, but I can only experience this reality through me. So why wouldn't I spend the time to get this right? And I'm pointing to myself because <laughs> you, nobody can see it. <laughs> um, but why wouldn't you spend the time getting yourself right so that you can properly show up for the people you love? Mm-hmm. And that's like, I love that about the self-care movement. And I feel like it gets very flowery for people. And it's like, oh, self-care, blah, blah, blah. We've heard it all. But if you really get down to the root of what that means, it's not just about going getting yourself a facial. Yes, that's lovely. But it's about getting back in tune and filling your own bucket so then you can actually hold space for the people you love and the people that are put into your life to gain something from you. Because if you're going around like a shell of a human, you're going to be angry and depleted and burnt out. And that's, that's not good for anyone around you or yourself. So I think the self-centered thing is another taboo or breaking in this particular uh, lifetime for us in this generation. And I fucking love that. Um, self-care was a huge part of um, my witch journey. That's why I actually turned to the craft because none of the mental health things that I was doing were really working for me. And I started looking up different things and that kind of led me here. And my whole witch journey has been a wellness journey. And that's, I think the two are very tied in for me and I'm a Taurus. So of course it is, <laughs> you know? um, um, but yeah, that's a huge, that's a huge part of it. I think for most witches, it's more about healing than anything else um, because you're trying to be that it's, that's the journey. I don't know. It's, it's just such a, it's just such a big part of it for me. And um, I mean, that's why I got into tarot. I got into tarot, not to tell my own future, but to start getting that because tarot is a reflection of what's of the internal world and the external world. It's not about, you know, I put this card down and, oh, I see your entire future in front of me. That's not, first of all, that's not how, you know, uh, any sort of premonition works. It's usually a puzzle you have to figure out, which is so much fun. But um, but it's tarot is about a self-reflection and it adds to that awareness. And the more self-aware you are, the more you can tap into that magic tying back into what Annie said. What were some, I mean, I know Danny definitely turned to astrology first, but what were some of the things that you kind of started um, turning to when you started to get into this more mystical realm? Like what are some things that you kind of pull out of your hat to, to keep yourself in a, a magical state, if you will? Yeah. So, um, I'm going to actually talk a little bit more about my journey with ayahuasca oh, and yeah. studying that and on my journey towards becoming a, a you know, ayahuasquero, curandero, a medicine man. Um, oh, I love that. Say that word again. Curandero. but you know i've got uh cuban lineage and the ayahuasca tradition that i'm studying through is peruvian um the shipibo tribe in peru and for me uh so much of the work that i'm doing i'm working with the the herb rosemary and rosemary i've shared this with all of you guys in the group but for the listeners it is the master plant for boundaries so if you want to develop deeper boundaries, you can make rosemary tea, wear rosemary essential oil. Um, but I sing to it. I pray with it. I drink it. I consume it. Um, and what the purpose of this ayahuasca 
journey is, it's you do what's called a diet or a dieta, where you fast for days on end while taking ayahuasca and eating a specific herb. And the purpose is to merge that herb to your soul as a form of learning the master lessons of that, that plant. So I've worked with rosemary um, pretty heavily now to help me with boundaries and self-love and self-care and everything that Annie is saying about, you know, self-centered shouldn't be a bad thing. I, I completely agree. And if we could just replace the, the word self-centered with self-love, yeah, you know, we should be the center of our own love source, our heart chakra. Mm-hmm. We should be re- reverberating from this place where we radically love ourselves, but mm-hmm. then that has to be able to, when you love properly, when you're loving yourself in a healed way, you've dealt with your trauma or you're trying, you can allow yourself to love others because you guys, I've said it before and I'll say it again. We can only meet others as deeply as we've met ourselves. Absolutely. And for me doing the ayahuasca shamanism and abiding by the, the traditions and the, the ceremony elements of this, I'm naturally somebody who's pretty not grounded, who can be very scattered and I do better with a routine. Mm-hmm. And when I have this set of boundaries built into my daily routine and I'm praying with it and trying to remind myself of it, um, it makes it healthier for me. It's, it's a better way to try to abide by my own standards and even having, you know, my spiritual besties, you guys here, um, helping me on my journey, trying to uphold my boundaries and to learn about that. And, um, herbs are powerful. You guys, you don't have to do, you don't have to do ayahuasca um, to connect with plants of any kind, herbs, fruits, vegetables, plants. They, they have something that they want to tell us. They need to, they, they need to work with us because it, they're cleansing. It is the medicine of our earth. Yeah. So, Danny, I have a question for you, actually. Yeah. I love, I love what you're saying about the power of herbs. Cause I mean, obviously as a witch and especially a nature witch, I work a lot with herbs how did ayahuasca come to you? Was it something that you like, you know, you were just kind of um, drawn to and then you started working with it? Did it come to you through Mother Aya? Um, how did that come up for you? So it, it always, um, they say when you're ready, she finds you. Okay. And at my first job working in entertainment, I was uh, working at this job that I was really bad at. I was the executive assistant at a documentary film production company. It was my first professional job. I did get fired at the end of it. Um, but one of the women there, her name's Ann Lee. I absolutely love her. Um, and shout out to you if you're listening. I She just came to me and said, I just did ayahuasca this weekend. And I said, I've heard of that. I've been wanting to do it for such a long time. Mm-hmm. Like she's, here's the information, go for it. And uh, from there... The first time I did ayahuasca, I lost 60 pounds. Um, I completely detoxed my liver, my kidney. It changed the way I was thinking every day. Um, I was feeling less depressed, happier. It, it shifted everything. Wow. But then I ended up getting another job, getting fired from that job, put on a ton of weight afterwards. I felt my heart kind of close back up. So now I'm on this journey. My shaman told me, you don't need ayahuasca to get there. Mm-hmm. The, the real medicine is that even when you fall down, you're not doing a ceremony with Aya to get you back. She shows you your full potential mm-hmm. and then you change your vibration. So now mm-hmm. I've cut out high fructose corn syrup, different oils. I'm yeah. walking again, exercising. So I'm trying to, to use my rosemary plant to give my boundary mm-hmm. to, to work there, to heal myself. Yeah, I love and that. 
Anybody can do it. Walk around outside, you guys. Herbs are growing everywhere. Plants are growing everywhere. Nature, that is the medicine. Absolutely. And I I like, and in the chat, Annie has said, I need to find my signature herb. And I want to bring that up on purpose because I love that. And I think for, for me, my signature herb is lavender. And it's because I saw lavender, I smelled lavender, and there's just something about it that I cannot get enough of. It's like, I'm drawn to that. And once you kind of find out the deeper meanings behind it and how it's used in ceremony and what it's connected to and all of that, it made so much sense that that was the specific herb that I was drawn to. So I think if you're looking for a signature herb, figure out immediately what you're, what you want to go towards and where that sits in your body. That's huge. Like, where are you feeling that in your body? Well, and um, lavender. Does, does, does cumin count? Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Is that, is that the spiritual? Is that the spiritual um, uh, plant for like spicy yeah. Mexicanness or something? Because that's, that's <laughs> I'm really drawn to cumin. And if I'm remembering right, cumin is um, symbolic of like grounding and mm. um, oh gosh, root chakra energy. Yeah, it's very root chakra energy. If I'm remembering right, I think. I Whereas am. lavender is the natural one for bringing peace, yeah. moving away from anxiety. So of course, you know your Virgo rising self. Right. You're gonna you're gonna want to bring healing and peace to yourself. My OCD nature was just like, give me lavender. <laughs> <laughs> yes, baby, get that calming. Which calm BT, me down. <laughs> BT Dubs, I switched to lavender body wash, lavender shampoo. Like lavender. I'm trying to bring the herbs in everywhere. You guys put it in your food, put tons yep. of herbs and use less salt. Yeah. I'm it just will help. saying. It's crazy. Yeah, I told Annie that I think that her, her best signature plant will be rose hip because yeah. of that deep, gentle, like sweet, nurturing love, you know, as yeah. she's, um, I mean, I'm not going to share too much of Annie's personal life on this podcast, right. y'all. It's her job to do that. But um, <laughs> like as she's re as she's reparenting herself, um, I think rose hip will really help. Yeah. yeah. And it's a, that's, that's very indicative of self-love too. Like that's a, that rose, especially rose buds are a very self-lovey sort of thing too. So it's yeah. cool that you're going on that journey and this is what you're drawn to. It's amazing. It's absolutely well, And amazing. I think astrology is similar to herbs. Each of the archetypes represents a different thing. So mm-hmm. you got your patron sign, you got your patron herb. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. Um, where does, so I, I want to talk about the term stepping into your power, because once you've done all these things, once you've started tapping into your magic and figuring out your authenticity, because it takes a minute, it's a journey. It's kind of like if, if anybody reads tarot, it's like the fool's journey, you kind of got to go through it. Um, once you learn your intuition and your magic, where does that like sit in you? Because I feel like that's different according to your sign, according to your personal makeup, all that, those things. Because for me, I learned that I like through my witchy experience the last seven years, um, I've learned that I am clairvoyant, claircognizant, and I'm a medium. And I had to, because I've been doing this my whole life and I'm clairaudient, a lot of the clairs. Um, I just had no idea that's what it was. Cause it was like, oh, I thought that just happened to everybody. And then my friends were like, no, (laughs) it's not a thing that happens to everybody. So for me, it's very much a visual thing. Like if like a plays like a movie projector in my head. Um, or it plays like a piece of music in my head. Like sometimes I hear just music when there's nothing playing. Um, and my intuition sits directly in my heart chakra and I can feel yes or no as like where it sits on either side. So it's like, if I'm being pulled to yes, I'll get pulled to the right. If it's no, I get pulled to the left. Like it's just, it's a very, um, physical weight that happens in my body. So I'm curious about where that happens for you guys, Maria. (laughs) 
Um, so I want to tell you this cool thing that I just found out. And I think the listeners are going to find it fascinating too. So the uh, Hart Institute in San Diego recently published a finding that they of some research they've been doing for a long time now on the heart. And I, I already told you this, Crystal, but um, what they found and what they revealed in this, in this paper that they uh, released is that the heart actually has a larger nervous system than the brain, which oh. means that more of your intuition, more of your logic, more of your reasoning, and more of your memories are stored in your heart than they are in your brain which is kind of amazing because it means that now they're actually calling it the heart brain now. And what that means is that, you know, for a long time, we as a society have had this idea that uh, following your heart is an irresponsible thing to do. Like you need to think it through first. Don't follow your heart, think it through. But here's the thing. If you are actually following your heart instead of your fear, which can be hard to determine between the two, especially if you have anxiety. But if you can tell the difference between your fear and your heart and follow your heart, it's the most logical, the most well thought out and the most intuitive thing you can possibly do. So um, that's just, I wanted to share that with you because you said that you feel your intuition in your heart. And I'm like, well, of course you do because that's where your intuition lives. (laughs) I have to absolutely, I just have to absolutely piggyback on that because that's like you were talking about. It's very, because I have OCD and anxiety and a chemical imbalance in my brain. It is very difficult for me to think things through without letting fear or worry or these like irrational fears kind of cloud the the logic. So I tend to lean more on my heart brain and my intuition where it sits in my chest when I'm actually making decisions. I'm like, okay, does this feel right? Does this feel wrong? Like, how does this sit in this chakra, the heart chakra? And that's where I've been making more thoughtful and correct decisions as opposed to irrational um, scatterbrained decisions, you know, Annie. Yeah. Well, well, one of the things I just want to finish this thought really fast, mm-hmm. Annie. Um, one of the things that I wanted to mention about that, especially if you have anxiety, if you're a listener of this podcast and you have anxiety and you're wondering how to tell the difference between the voice of your intuition and the voice of your fear, it's so easy. Most people don't think it is, but it really is. And here's how you do it. Uh, your voice of your fear slash anxiety requires an immediate action. The voice of your intuition can be questioned and take its time. So if you have a feeling like, oh, this feels like it's the right decision for me, but you're like, oh, but I have to do it right now, that's probably fear. If you have a feeling that comes up and you're like, oh, okay, this feels right for me. Let me feel into it for a little longer. Let me give it some time to sit and process with myself. And you don't feel like you absolutely are wasting the opportunity to do it. That's intuition. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sorry, Annie, go ahead. No, no worries. I also think to piggyback off of that, I think too, when something feels like super frantic and like you didn't answer right away. And like, I think that's more anxiety too. And then like the intuition, I feel like it's like really calm, at least in my experience with it. Um, yeah, mine too. It's like, and I've heard that like intuition comes across and I've heard it cold. Like people say intuition comes across cold and I feel like that's the wrong way to say it, but it comes across very calm. Like there's no, um, uh, there's no anticipation behind it. It's just like, this is the answer. Listen or don't. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like a wise sage telling you, this is what you should do, but do whatever you want. You know? (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say, um, Danny and I were kind of talking in the chat because I was saying, I thought everyone's intuition was in their gut. And then Danny said, heart, gut, brain, sacral, each chakra is like its own brain. And that actually reminded me, um, I hope I can shout her out here. Am I business coach, the one that really impacted me a ton. Her name is Taylor Eaton and she is a human design coach. 
And your human design actually tells you where you feel your intuition. And I don't know why I even commented. I thought everyone's intuition was in their gut because duh, people's intuition is all in different places. But for me, it's in my gut, which is hilarious because that's where most of my issues have been almost my entire life. Yep, absolutely. I'm sorry. That's that's for me, most of my uh, like when I get really bad anxiety, my heart starts to like flutter and shut down. So I've had, I've actually had a, not problems, but like things with the heart. So I completely understand that. It's like Danny says about your self note, it's, or not your self note, your um, cry on your greatest, it's your greatest pain and be, can, can be turned into your greatest healing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Danny, where about, what about you? What is your intuition set? Um, I think my intuition sits like, I want to point to my third eye, but then I also want to like point out like way out there. Like, you know, I feel like so much of my conscious mind is outside of my physical body. I actually, um, need to work on getting more. I know, I know. I need to work on getting more in my body because I don't feel my intuition in my heart. I don't feel it in my stomach. I don't like, it's not there. So I need to actually work on getting more in my body because all of my decisions are made in my unconscious mind. Mm. Um, the way that my day goes, the way that I navigate things, like it's, it's very Pisces. It's very abstract. And I'm more comfortable with the fluidity and abstraction of life. Yeah. Um, and part of the reason why I love Annie so much is she's got that Mars in, in uh, Virgo. Mm-hmm. She really just like pinpoints me. Anybody who doesn't know, she was my business coach for three months mm-hmm. and helped me triple my income. Yep. And, but that was simply through her ability to help me get back in touch kind of with the, the physical part of it. So yep. um, I have, my business is called the crystal visions. Yeah, I feel baby. like my, my third eye is like blown open and I'm mm-hmm. just trying to get the rest of it to kind of come back because I think I could have gifts like mediumship or other things if I was more in my body, mm, but I have I, I, intuition. That's where I'm f- flying all the time. Well, it makes sense for, especially through for a Pisces being such a fluid sign and like, and being a very psychic sign that your intuition would come more from your third eye and your crown chakra. Yeah. Um, so it's like, I understand what you mean about getting back into your body because I have a lot of you, you and I were talking about my placements mm-hmm. in Neptune and I have a very similar thing where there are moments where I feel like I am outside of my body and my body is just like a meat suit kind of doing, doing its thing, <laughs> you know, and I have to actively like tap um, to get back into my body. I can't be like, okay, bitch, you're driving. Like get back in there. Get in there. And then Annie's in the chat says, I cannot relate whatsoever. Annie, can you, can you jump on and like, yeah. just chime in here? Yeah. I just, I can't relate to that at all. I feel like I'm so, I mean, I have so much earth energy. I feel like I'm always grounded. Like that's what I struggle with. Like I'm very Capricorn, very Taurian, I'm almost, and you got Mars and Virgo. You've got all of the earth signs in your chart. (laughs) Like it's almost hard for me. My challenge has been seeing the middle perspective of things and seeing the gray areas and seeing the nuance and sitting in uncertainty. That's the hard thing. That's where I live, baby. Like when things are black and white, it drives me wild. It's so hard. (laughs) And I'm somewhere smack dab in the middle of that Uh because I have moments where I'm very into my body and there are moments where I'm like, where's my body? I don't know. I left it somewhere. <laughs> like, you know, well, so it's an interesting medium place of that. Yeah. And like, if I, if we look into our birth charts, it'll show this, you guys, like yeah. I've got my sun, moon, Mercury, and Pisces, Mars and cancer career and Scorpio conjunct Pluto in Scorpio. Mm-hmm. So it, 
the placements are all there. So I don't have Earth. I got a Capricorn rising and then Neptune and Uranus and Capricorn in the 12th house. But other <laughs> than that- 12th house too. Of course it's I, in the 12th house. I know. So, but- you know, Maria, as somebody who's my fellow cap rising, like, mm -hmm. how do you feel like this sits on you? Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I think I'm somewhere in the middle too, but it's more, I feel like just generally speaking, I, I feel like my purpose here as a healer is to be less esoteric and more realistic to kind of shepherd people who are in this place of doubt or in this place of, um, like unconsciousness. And be the, I'm like the Lido deck director, like, and this way, right? This way, <laughs> right? <laughs> and so, uh, so I think, you know, I, I tend to, I, I can understand and I, I spend a lot of time deeply exploring these more esoteric concepts and really feeling into the expansiveness of all of that. But also I feel like I have no problem bringing myself back down to earth to, to be realistic and remember that I've chosen this 3D incarnation for a reason. I feel very grounded here. I actually got my Akashic Records read um, by this great uh, Akashic Record reader. Her name is Melissa. You, can, you guys can follow her at the Twitchy Whiskers. Um, but uh, she's, really, she's really great. And she, um, she gave me a reading. And basically what they found is that while I am a star seed, I'm a star seed from a planet that they can't actually identify because it's so old. Mm. And then I've spent so many incarnations here on earth, like over 120 lifetimes. So that's why I feel so grounded and attached to earth, even though I'm not an earth soul. So, I mean, that's kind of cool to recognize is that I can, I can be here now and sit in this and love it. Um, and really enjoy how fun it is to be in this 3D body and, and constrained in like the sexy BDSM deliciousness of duality and like, <laughs> like, you know, shitty 3D incarnation. Like some people really hate that. I love it. You know, I mean, spank me universe, spank me. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, so I think, I think for me, it's kind of sits in between two, but it's less that I'm spacey and I have to bring myself down. It's that I'm always grounded. But then I like to let myself go explore the space sometimes. I love that because it's very, because as a Leo, that's a very fire sign thing. Like the fire is both grounded and esoteric to me. It's like, yeah. it's, it starts as a very physical thing and has the ability to kind of flame up and become smoke and then become the spirit. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's very fire sign of you. I dig that so much. Yeah, Danny. Uh, Maria, what you're talking about with like spank me universe. It's if you guys haven't heard of this book, the existential kink. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think yeah. I, no, I want to yeah, see actually, that. So okay. my, my okay, mentor, Dr. But, Stephanie told me about it. Okay. But for your listeners, mm -hmm. Crystal's listeners, we need to have a chat about Carolyn Elliott. Okay. It's mm. a great book. Don't get me wrong. Everyone should read it. You're going to get something phenomenal out of it. Existential kink is the shit, but please, I'm begging you do not make, Carolyn Elliott, your next guru. She's mm. very problematic. She's got a lot of internalized racism issues that she refuses to acknowledge and do shadow work around publicly. It's not great. So okay. just, I'm throwing that out there for you. If you want to be anti-racist, don't make her your guru, but definitely <laughs> still read her book because that shit is amazing. <laughs> I love that. Um, I, I also wanted to say too, Maria, your description of like having incarnated many times and now you're looking to usher people into stability is very reminiscent of your North node in Taurus mm -hmm. in your birth chart. You're moving towards a sense of stability, tradition, etc. cetera. Um, so just wanted to shout out to that. Um, yeah. I love it. 
Um, I want to actually ask you guys, cause this is, this has been a big playing point for me too. Like my, my journey on the witch path started as a mental health journey. And I want to know what role you guys think mental health plays in spirituality in general, because I feel like it could be spirituality is tricky. You know, if you're coming from a place of divine love and a place of, um, trying to be one with this great spirit, God, whatever you want to call it, Aho. Um, but it can also be a control factor as well. So I want to, like, I kind of want your guys' opinion on what part mental health plays in the spiritual path for you. So this is something that I've been thinking really deeply about. Um, as I've been on my own healing journey, having gone through a breakup recently, um, taking my career full time, doing my authentic stuff. Uh, the idea that we, that our chakras are these energy channels within us. And my sister once told me that a monk told her that mm -hmm. when you have a glass of water and it's clean and it's clean water, you can drink that water. But sometimes we pour salt into our own glass and you have to keep drinking that water until you get all of the salt out of it. Mm. And the, the metaphor, basically my understanding of it is you have to go through the challenges that sometimes we put there ourselves. Sometimes other people pour that salt in that water. But the metaphor I've been living by is that in my chakras, in my channels, these are gateways to the divine, mm -hmm. you know, and each one will have wellness and unwellness. If you have anxiety, you've got a clogged third eye. If you aren't speaking your truth, you might develop thyroiditis. If you're suffering from a broken heart, you know, that heart chakra closing, the gut, the solar plexus problems will arise there. The sacral shame or overactive sexuality and then, um, you know, issues with being grounded. It's all there. Yeah. So if we can clear ourselves, our diets, our minds, our hearts, and really open up the way for spirit to move through us. Sometimes it's in our generation, it seems like it's more actually having a restraining hand than it yeah. is putting things in because the, what the chemicals in our food to the inundation of social media, um, all of these things do clog our spirituality and we mm -hmm. have to be mindful about how we're giving our, our bodies, mind, spirits, everything. Um, but if you want miracles to happen into your life, really with a fine toothed comb, Go through what you're consuming, whether it's yeah. food or spirits or social media, television, everything. Mm -hmm. And I love what you said about, um, you know, if things, something is blocked, you're going to develop some like a, a physical manifestation of the spiritual or mental issue. Because I believe that so. And I love that that's becoming more of a thing that we're talking about now. Yeah. Because it's so true. Your physical health is directly affected by your mental well-being and vice versa. And, and spiritual well-being. And spiritual well-being. Yes, absolutely. They're all connected. It's the absolutely. Holy Trinity, if you will. Come on um, now. Come on now. Um, but it's so important. And I love that you brought that up. Yeah, um, Annie. Yeah, I wanted to add to that. Um, for anyone listening who doesn't know my story, I did not trust myself growing up. I did not love myself. I developed an eating disorder. I was obsessed with having abs. And lo and behold... Right where the solar plexus is, my stomach ruptured. So there is a psychosomatic response with stress that happens when you are putting your body through that much 
emotional turmoil and your brain through that much emotional turmoil. And um, I'm sure that Maria could speak on how the body keeps the score, how the body carries stress. Um, I want to say really quickly though, for me, um, I really don't want to discount anyone's experiences with anxiety or depression. Um, I just kind of want to share for me, like what my experience was. Um, for me, both of those things are completely out of alignment with my authentic self. So if I'm anxious or I'm feeling depressed, um, I know that that's not my natural state. Um, I wasn't someone who was born with anxiety or depression. I'm honestly not sure if I've met anyone that's been born with anxiety or depression. For me, it was definitely a nurture thing, not, not nature. Um, and for me, knowing like with depression, knowing that I can choose where I put my energy and knowing that I can choose to elevate my vibration is what helps get me out of depression. And with anxiety, knowing that I can choose calm and peace is what gets me out of anxiety. So it's either meditation or it's, so meditation is how I get out of anxiety and embodiment work is how I get out of depression. Yeah. And I actually want to touch on that too, because I, I am somebody who has a legitimate chemical imbalance, but it is something that is in my DNA. It's a lineage thing. It runs on one side of my family. Um, and I'll tell you what though, I have tried every medication in the book. I've tried every therapy in the book. There is nothing like recognizing the issue. And like, and for me, like if I'm in a panic attack moment, I can't like meditation was great, but it can't always get me to where I need to go. However, I have developed a quite witchy self-care handbook that I can turn to because I've done the work and because I was like, okay, well, here's something that sounds interesting. Next time I'm having a panic attack, I'll try that. And it was a lot of trial and error, but there are different techniques that I've developed that are spiritual and mental in nature and physical in nature sometimes too, that will help calm that down. So I feel like whatever your particular mental spiritual experience is, there is a tool that can help you. It's just a kind of about figuring that out. And that's where I feel like mental health plays a big role in witchcraft, especially for me, because the only reason I found my way to this spiritual path is because mental illness was a, was an obstacle put in my life. And I'm so grateful for that because it's given me so much fucking awareness and it's worth every bad day, every, you know, every struggle that I've been through to get to a place where I can not only self-soothe is the wrong word, but like I can not only handle myself, but I can recognize it in someone else and have just things for them to try. If it works for them, great. If not, that's also fine. But be like, Hey, this worked for me. If it works for you, here it is, you know, and that's, that's part of that witch journey for me. Maria, um, what about you? Um, you know, I think this goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning of this episode, when we talked about the idea of, um, knowing yourself and authentically being yourself in order to find the magic in your life. You know, I still keep going back to that answer that, that Annie gave in the beginning, um, because it was such a great answer and it it really is such a good, um, like a roadmap, right? Mm -hmm. A roadmap. And so I think that if you really want to have the, the witchiness in your life, have the magic in your life, find that spirituality and that, um, you know, that crown chakra activation and that connection to collective consciousness and all the things that we talk about in a spiritual life, um, knowing yourself is like literally step one to that on that journey. And I think, um, you know, that's, 
that's what mental health really is. Mental health is a journey into the, into the self. Yes. And when we can come back to ourselves and we can return home to ourselves, then that's when we find that the magic comes through in our lives. And I think, um, you know, there's this phrase, I can't remember, maybe it's a Ram Dass, I'm, I'm not sure, but it's, we're all just walking each other home, right? Mm, and yeah. that's, that's really, yeah, that's really the truth. We are all just walking each other home and walking ourselves home. And it's really about walking ourselves home to ourselves. The yeah. home that you are living in is your vessel, is this 3D incarnated body. The home that, that you have here right now in this life is where you're journeying back to. And that safety that you had when you were just a new soul, a new incarnation in this body, right? So um, I definitely think that mental health is, is so key to really practicing any kind of spirituality. And as if you've known me for more than five minutes, as you've heard me say probably a million times, spirituality without shadow work is just privilege. Yeah, I think we see that a lot. Yeah, I think we see that a lot in our industry, in our in the wellness and spiritual industry. Yeah, um, that there are a lot of people who spiritually bypass, and there are a lot of people who are like love and light, good vibes only, right? And uh-huh. I mean, that's fine, whatever helps you. Um, but I love what what Annie said, where I can like sit in my emotions and I can acknowledge that this is how I'm feeling, but I can also choose to move my vibrational level up. I can also choose to do that embodiment work to help get myself out of it. Instead of just being like, no, 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 shove it down. That's not yeah. happening. Like that's not what she's talking about when she right. talks about raising her vibrational um, level. Right. Right. And so I think, I think it's really important that we be willing to face the shadows in ourselves, because if you really want to be spiritual, if you really want to be in this place of connected collective love, if you really want to be a healer, right? You cannot be projecting your shadows onto other people. It's Correct. it's not helpful and it harms more than it helps. So, so if unhealthy. that's the case, yeah. So if that's the case, then you really do have to do that shadow work. It just needs to be done constantly asking yourselves. And that accountability piece is so important if you're going to be a healer. It's just so important. I love that you said that because it was going to touch on exactly what I was going to bring up next is that like people talk about love and light and stepping into your power and, you know, being your most authentic self, but they don't, they don't really know, like there's a lot of talk about that, but there's no real breakdown because I feel like that gets, it's like flowery language. It's like stepping into my power. I'm like, yeah, okay. But stepping into your power hurts like hell. Like it fucking sucks at first. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's very difficult. So for me, like stepping into my power meant breaking down all of the fucking bullshit things I had put up in front of my vision to block my most authentic self. It was all of the, the habits I'd picked up. It was all of the, the negative self-talk that I had picked up. It was, you know, breaking this down and doing a ton of shadow work to get to a place where I'm like, all right, I accept these dark parts of myself. I accept the fact that I'm made up of darkness and light. It's not going to be love, sight, sunshine, and rainbows shooting out of my ass all of the time. In fact, most of the time it's not. It's about knowing that even in that dark place, I know where I am. I know myself and I know how to raise my vibration again. It's such a, it's such a misused term. And I love the fact that you brought that up because it's such an important piece. And I want to, does anybody else have anything to touch on with that? Because it's like, it's yeah, Maria, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of the things that, that I love about the love and light movement is, um, the humor of, and the irony of how, how close they got it. They were so close to getting it. So close. So they're so close. So here's the thing is we talk about love and light Mm -hmm. and without shadow, there is no light, 
right? So in order to find the light, you have to go through the shadow work. And then the love piece, it's not just about giving love outward, outward, outward. It's about giving love inward. People don't want to face their shadows when they don't want to be accountable for themselves, when they don't want to offer up compassion for themselves. Mm -hmm. If they can't love themselves, they're not going to be willing to face their shadows. And that's the thing is like the greatest act of self-love you can ever do is to look at your shit and try and heal it. Yes. And have compassion for yourself. A mirror work is such a good tool for me. Because that is something that you can do and you can just sit there with all of the shit and journaling too. Like those, those go hand in hand for me. And like, if you're doing mirror work, just have paper in front of you because shit's going to come up. But for me, it was about sitting there and being like, even with your body. I remember one of my first little ventures into this world was Radical Self-Love, the book by um, Gala Darling, who I absolutely adore. Um, And it was like, she does a lot of shadow work within that first book. And it's disguised a little bit in like flowery shit. But it was about sitting in front of the mirror, naming that part of myself that, um, that has the negative self-talk giving and like her tip is to give it like a really silly name so that you can like actually name it when the self-talk is happening to be like, Hey, Brenda, shut the fuck up. Like I'm doing, I'm mine doing is Kevin. Me. Yeah. Mine's Brenda. Um, <laughs> but then to sit there and be like, okay, Brenda, show yourself to me so that I can see where it is that this is coming from because it's coming from a thing that happened. It's coming from a trigger point in my life. Where did that happen? And then actually one of my really close friends, Dana Rogie, who is a a licensed hypnotherapist and and counselor um, gave me this tip about doing like inner child healing. And like when that, when you finally find that kernel of where that piece is coming from, you sit there with that memory. And I, for me, it's a lot of childhood work. So I'll sit there and like actually envision my myself now talking to my younger self and just giving myself a hug and saying, you know what? It's okay. Like this happened for a reason. I know you were doing this to protect me, but you can let that go now because I'm strong enough to hold this now. Like, don't, don't worry. You don't have to hold this anymore. I can hold it. And that has been the most life-changing shit. And then I journal for like two hours, (laughs) you know, because you got to work it out and having a therapist or, you know, a support group that you can talk to is such an important part because a lot of times you're doing all this inner work, right? And all of a sudden you're like, okay, this is really heavy. I got to get some levity in this situation and talk to somebody that I know will be neutral or that I know will be loving and can hold space properly for me. So those are really great tools to have on hand as well. I don't know. What do you guys do for like, especially when something like that comes up, like you're going through a breakup or you, you've had a very intense emotional day and that, that shadow just pops her head out like, Hey bitch, I'm here to talk. What do you guys do when that, when that pops up for you? Yeah. Annie. Well, Before I used to do nothing. I used to go inward. I used to either block it out. Well, first I started blocking it out and then I started going inward and relying on myself and being my own source of self-soothing and figuring things out for myself. But then I met you lovely people and now I talk to all of you and you all mirror it back to me. So I think it's really important to have friends who are on a similar energetic vibration. Mm -hmm. And Maria especially is a direct mirror to me because she has her North node in Taurus, her South node in Scorpio. Mine is the opposite, North node in Scorpio, South node in Taurus, and then our moons. So the way we think of our emotions are also opposite. I'm a Taurus moon and she's a Scorpio moon. And it's, it's really great living a life where your North node is opposite of your moon. Let me just tell you, it's, it's great. It's great. (laughs) I'm 
that, that is a hard aspect, girl. And yeah. you and Maria both have it. But what's nice is your moon signs are on each other's north node. So you can point out to each other this lack of wellness in your eyes is actually taking me into my destiny. Mm -hmm. So you guys constantly are pulling each other. Maria is pulling you into looking at your trauma more um, and helping you understand that and unpack that. Whereas you're helping Maria stabilize herself, ground herself, plant that seed. So it's the most symbiotic astrology ever. I'm obsessed. It's amazing too, because you both are able to find the medicine of the other sign that you're working with within each other. It's so beautiful. And that's, it was such a kismet thing that led us all together. And it was like, I remember meeting all of you so specifically. And it was like the first time faces came on the like screen or even voices were heard over the phone. It was like, oh, bitch, there you are. Like where I've been waiting for you. Oh my God. Finally, thank you for showing up. Like it was, (laughs) you know. It was such a beautiful thing. And it, it resonates on a very specific level when you meet somebody who is, I, I call it soul family. Cause I feel like it's somebody that you've, you've known for lifetimes in the great beyond or wherever the hell you've been. And you're like, oh, okay, there you are. Cause I feel like we kind of travel in the same circles, but it's a very cool moment. Um, it's actually like a synchronicity that shows up in my life. Yeah. Annie. Mm-hmm. And I will say the only way that I was even able to connect with all of you because Danny and I were friends in high school and we recently reconnected like a couple of years ago. The only reason is because of the self-awareness mm-hmm. because I knew like who was aligned with me and who wasn't. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cause you know that like once you're actually in tune with that bit and it takes a minute, like it definitely takes some trial and error to get there. But once you figure that out, it's like, Oh, okay. I can make a proper decision and I can choose like, this is, this is somebody I'm going to keep, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Maria. Annie, I thought you were going to say that the only reason why was because of the internet. And I was like, age of Aquarius. Uh, <laughs> but, but no, you're right. And that's, that's what I was talking about earlier about the fact that I didn't have the three of you in my life a year ago because I wasn't being my most authentic self. I was still trying to be what everyone else wanted me to be, right? And when we, when we are trying to be who we think others need us to be, then the people who are our people, they don't know we exist because we're literally wearing a mask that tells those people that we are someone else. And so when we take that mask off and we step into that radical authenticity, that's when the people who will love us best and love us most come into our lives because they're like, like Crystal said, bitch, there you are. Like, Oh my God, I've been waiting for you for forever. Yeah. And for me, that happened as soon as I came, essentially came out as a witch where it was like, all right, like, and that, like, that was a hard one for me. Cause I was like, all right, I wonder how people are going to take this. Like, please don't burn me at the stake. <laughs> and I, so I put it out there and was like, I, I can't deny this anymore. I can't, like, I feel like it's inauthentic. It doesn't feel right for me not to be honest about this huge part of my life. So here we go post. And all of a sudden, all of these amazing people started finding me because I finally took my mask off and it was such a beautiful thing. Yeah. Danny. Yeah, well, a hundred percent. Like, it's just incredible to to be around people that are living similar lives to to me and anybody who's listening. Um, there's a phrase that my teacher Candy actually shared on her Facebook page, and it says, "Your vibe attracts your tribe." And that's yes. just it's just a really cute and fun way to talk about the law of attraction, and. If you're living your most authentic self, you're going to attract other people that are living their most authentic self. And you guys, authenticity is such a beautiful virtue. It's something that that it allows you freedom. It takes away stress and guilt and shame. Um, if 
we authenticity is really the grand healer for each of the chakras. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just love this idea that um, whoever you are, whether you're a witch or not, I don't care what you identify with. As long as you're being authentic, you're not hurting yourself. You're not hurting anybody else. And you're mm-hmm. within the bounds of what's reasonable in your life and your wallet and your home and your community. Mm-hmm. Uh, then why shouldn't you be authentic? And if, if it's not reasonable within your community, then maybe you need a new community. Yeah. And that's, that's something that happened to me where I was like, I am feeling very inauthentic in this community that I'm in. And cause I'm in the bar scene, you know, I'm a bartender, a bartender who doesn't drink <laughs> anymore. Girl, a guy working in entertainment who doesn't watch TV. Right. And I love, like, yeah, exactly. But, and I love the camaraderie of a bar. I love, I mean, I love the human beings I've met through, you know, working at bars. I've met some amazing, amazing people. But the job itself and the tribe that kind of comes with that, aside from like, you know, the good ones that have come my way, it can be very toxic for me because it no longer aligns. Like I have my vibration has risen above whatever that lesson has been for me. So now when I go back to that, I call it a day job, but it's really a night job. Um, It's like I, I still love the fact that I can do it, but I know that it's not meant for me long term. And I've been shifting my life to fit what I need now. And it's amazing when that happens. And it's very visceral when it happens too. Cause sometimes I'll walk into a bar and be like, Oh my God, I just feel like this is wrong now. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Like just shrink up in the background. Um, But then, you know, the acting training kicks in and I put on a character and get the job done anyway, (laughs) but that's my own journey. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yes. Danny, Danny, go ahead. I was just going to say it's the journey of so many of us, you guys. Yeah. You'll see so many people who get into the wrong thing because that's what their family did or because that's where they could make money. I got a client right now who she owns a a weed business and she doesn't smoke weed. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's like that hamster wheel that you're talking about. Like it's especially through the pandemic. We all realize we're like, whoa, I'm doing things that are completely unaligned with who I am. I need to switch this shit up. And it's not always a quick thing. Like sometimes you do it in sections, you know? Yeah, Annie. I was going to say, I was actually tearing up when Danny was saying that about law of attraction and friendship, because I really was struggling with friendship before I met all three of you. And I actually prayed for you. I was really struggling. And I feel like maybe it's my North node in Scorpio. Danny will be able to confirm. I think this is what it is. But whenever I ask for something from the universe, whatever that thing is completely falls to shit before I get it. Like before I met the three of you during the pandemic, I had a group of friends who completely abandoned me Mm. and then I had no friends and I felt super alone. And, um, before my business, um, my business is going to hit six figures this year. And before, um, that's girl, (laughs) thank you. Before that happened in 2020, I lost all of my income. So Mm -hmm. I feel like whenever I want something to happen, the universe throws a wrench in my plans where I just lose everything. And then I have to really like prove that I want it. Mm, Well, it's the Scorpio, like the Scorpio is the annihilator of the false and Mm -hmm. it's not pretty when, when it happens. So especially because you're so like, you're so in tune with your magic and you are a very like natural manifester. It's like, <laughs> you kind of got to be careful what you wish for because <laughs> it's like, it will happen and something is going to have to be destroyed to like transform it for you. I feel that's, that's my diagnosis. Danny can confirm that. Yes. Um, well, 
and something I want to mention about that, Annie and Crystal, um, is like what you just said about the idea of stepping into your power being painful as fuck, right? Yeah. That is the most scorpion. That's why my trauma healing program is called the Phoenix Rising. Yep. The idea that you have to die in order to be transformed. This old part of you is going to die a very painful, fiery fucking death. But yep. then you get to transform and rise out of the ashes. And that is exactly what I feel like you do in these, in these instances, Annie. Yeah. You're a master manifester, but you still have to go through that Scorpio way of manifesting it. Oh, Maria, I love what you said about that. Like that old version of you needs to die. I feel like that's why the stepping into your power thing is such a misused term because people don't realize that in order to become this thing, this person, this, this incarnation of yourself, your highest self is, if you will, you have to kill off the other part of you. It doesn't mean the whole thing has to die, but you do have to have like the chutzpah, for lack of a better term, to change shit and to take an active role in that. That's part of stepping into your power is being like, okay, this thing's going to suck like hell, but I'm going to do it. Ah, okay, it's done. Fuck, I get to transform now. You know, that's kind of how it feels to me. Yeah, Danny. Um, yeah, it's kind of like, absolutely annie it is the scorpio north node in your birth chart that's responsible for this um but if we talk about ayahuasca that that plant medicine is scorpio medicine it is the scorpio kind of energy whereas like rosemary's libra a rose itself is leo um each one kind of has different things that go with it and this idea of ayahuasca being this deep healer it's similar to chiron energy in the birth your greatest pain and greatest healing um how ayahuasca helped me was I literally did die. I felt myself being wiped away. My ego was taken away. And then that's why I was able to, after years and years of being a food addict Mm -hmm. um, and a binge eater, the first time I did ayahuasca, it reset my brain so that when I went to food the next time, I actually could say no Mm -hmm. with a fresh perspective. And and so there's so many different ways. The hardest way to do it, but probably the most effective is to just say no out of your sheer force of will. Mm -hmm. It's very hard, but it it can be done. Yeah. But tools, you know, there's all sorts of different things. Michael Pollan's book, How to Change Your Mind, talking about psychedelics and the abilities that they have to help rewire the brain and new synaptic nervous system and all all this amazing stuff. I know Maria can talk more about this as well. Um, But it's just, if you, if you want to change your life, there's so many different ways to do it. And we all have, uh, I'm hoping for the legalization of things like psilocybin and and ayahuasca within the next 10 years, but we want it to be done ethically. Yes. You know, there's so much, that's a huge conversation for, I know that's a, yeah, that's a conversation. It's a huge conversation, but I completely agree with that because these things are medicine if they're used properly, if you have the proper intention. And like, I remember talking to Scott uh, Pullman or Pullhill, Pullman, Pullhill, Scott Pullhill, Pullhill. Yes. Um, Scott Pullhill, who does, who is a a medicine man of all sorts. And he does combo particularly. Um, He said the same thing. And it's if even with like things like tobacco, it's it's a sacred herb that has been misused so severely that like you actually are supposed to do that with intention. It can be very healing if you're doing it properly. But again, capitalism has made that a market for something toxic, which is such a metaphor. (laughs) um, 
but yeah, it's, it is amazing what happens when, when you do things with intention and the things like psilocybin, the work they're doing with PTSD and things like that are just a miracle. Yeah. And just on another side note, I think life also is the medicine too. I mean, the the phrase life is a ceremony is one that I've heard time and time again, and I love it. Um, Just like when you sit to do ayahuasca and it, and it puts you through all of these different hills and valleys and ventures. Um, Annie going through her experience where her stomach ruptured and Maria, all of the trauma that you faced and different marriages and relationships. Mm -hmm. I mean, myself being fired twice in the entertainment industry and, Crystal, even you with your situation coming out of the broom closet and then working at the bars and stuff, mm-hmm. life will put you in scenarios where it's almost as if it's planned. Yeah. And it's it's our job to step into that medicine, to step into our own shadows and to heal, heal ourselves. It helps heal our lineage, the people around us. So absolutely. I've heard this phrase that I absolutely love, and that is uh, you're exactly where you need to be. The universe is always conspiring to help you grow. Absolutely. And if you look at things as a lesson, it's amazing how your life starts to transform. Because I remember that being a very specific part of my healing journey is when when things would go awry, when Murphy's Law would inevitably come to play. Um, instead of being like, oh, fuck, this thing happened and now I have to deal with it. Gosh, mother, son of a... Um, instead of doing that, which is my go-to, I'm Italian, it's a thing. Um, instead of that, I decided to be like, okay, what's the lesson here? Like, yes, this thing sucks and it's something I have to deal with, but I'm being taught something like this isn't for nothing. Every single thing that's happened in my life has led me to something else. Especially when you look back on your life, you can kind of see the little roadmap. I've started to try and be like, all right, what's the lesson I'm trying to learn here? Let's just expedite this (laughs) instead of making it so long and drawn out, you know, then it's such a, that's been a really important part of my specific journey to look at the lesson in, in whatever it challenge you are facing and look at it as an obstacle to overcome instead of a, a challenge that you have to get through, you know? Yeah. Yeah. My loves. All right. So since this is the witch podcast, we are continuing our tradition of what is the spookiest or the witchiest thing that has happened to you lately. This is my favorite part of the show. <laughs> yes. Annie, Annie, get it in. Come on, girl. Okay, so last time the three of us met over Zoom, I had mentioned that I had a spirit in my apartment. So spirits love me. I'm not afraid of them at all. My personal belief is that nothing can harm me. And also, like, I have the fiercest boundaries, so bitch, don't even try. (laughs) But I don't think anything can harm me. Even dark spirits, I'm very compassionate. I'm very empathetic. I know what they went through and I feel their pain and I can understand it. And even if I know that someone did something horrible in their lifetime, I have empathy and compassion for it because I understand why. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because I'm also clairvoyant, I think is the term that I am, right? Um, You can see it in your head, yeah? Yeah, I could see it in my head and I could also hear it. I see it in my mind's eye and I hear it as well. Clairvoyant and clairaudient. Yeah, okay. So anyways, last time we were talking, which was about a week ago, um, I was telling Crystal, who is also a medium and who also, you can also see, right? So you're Mm -hmm. also clairvoyant. Yes. Um, I was telling her about a ghost that I had in my apartment and um, I had no idea you know, why this ghost was here. It it was just interesting to me. And, um, I still don't know exactly why she's here. I guess I'll, I'll learn. Um, so 
Crystal could see the ghost as well. And I asked her to describe what she looked like. And Crystal described exactly what I was seeing. I said what her name was. Her name is Cassandra. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Danny, Danny, I think, Danny or Maria asked me how she died. And I just knew intuitively how she died. Um, and then I looked up her name, how she died and my city. And it is a real person who looks the way that Crystal and I described her. It was pretty good. That was the witchiest thing that's happened to me lately too, because the mediumship thing is a new skill that I've always had, but I've never developed it. <clears throat> so it's, it's, it was very, very cool for me too. Cause you asked and I was like, Oh, I kind of see this thing over here, like in my mind's eye. Because I'm like, when I thought of mediumship and seeing the the afterlife, and I know some people have this experience, but it's not my personal way of seeing them. I thought it was going to be like seeing you, anybody in the room. And I was like, well, I kind of see this thing over here. And she's like, well, what does she look like? And I was like, "Eh, she looks like this. And she has this hair and this is what she feels like. And I feel like she's over here. And you were like, yes, exactly. And I was like, oh, shit, it's real. (laughs) You know, like it was a very, very cool spiritual moment for me too. That was really, yeah. really, really insane. And when you looked up that thing, I was just like, it is real. <laughs> yeah, Maria. I keep forgetting. I have to unmute myself. <laughs> um, so it's interesting because the witchiest thing that's happened to me lately, I feel like witchy stuff happens to me every time I have a client. Because what I'm doing when I have my Reiki clients is I'm also reading their energy and I'm allowing my body to be a mirrored map for what they're feeling, the pain, the somatic processing that's coming through. Like we were talking about earlier about how the body keeps the score. And so I'm able to like read to clients like what's happening with that. But occasionally I'll also receive visions of things um, and I'll share those with them that have significant meaning or I'll um, hear, I'm clear audience as well, I'll hear messages from their ancestors and spirit guides that I'll share with them. And that, that happens like almost on the daily but like in my personal life, the witchiest thing that's happened to me recently is that I was out to dinner with Crystal and Danny and, uh, <laughs> and it was pro- it was like a couple months ago now. It was before your wedding, Crystal. And, um, I was in need of a date for your wedding. And I was like, Oh, I need a date for, for Crystal's wedding. Like I need a hot date. And Danny said, um, you know, okay, well, Maria, you know, with your chart, you're going to want an Aries man or a Gemini woman. I was like, no more Geminis. Like they cannot make a decision to save their lives. I can't deal with the indecisiveness. I want to know where we're going for dinner. Like, that's what I need to know. So, so I was like, no more Geminis. And I was like, all right, universe, bring me a beautiful conscious Aries man with a beard. Cool. The end. Ha ha ha. I thought it was a joke. And then the very next day, my partner who I'm now dating reaches out to me on Instagram for the first time, like never met him before we met on Instagram. And he is a beautiful conscious Aries man with a beard the very next day. And I was like, and a Gemini rising and a Gemini rising and a Libra moon. So if there were anyone more compatible with a Leo, I don't really know who is, but it's just really interesting. He still doesn't believe me when I tell him that story. When you guys see him next time, you're going to have to confirm, oh, well, we'll with confirm him that that actually happened. Because he was like, there's no way. And I was like, I'm telling you, man. That the next day I was like, okay, universe, I will take a million dollars. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, you're answering my prayers in 24 hours flat. Right? <laughs> well, it's, it was such a cool moment for us, too, because I remember that dinner in particular we just kept attracting shit. Like we just kept attracting all of this magic into that dinner and like outward for days. It was amazing. 
That's, oh, yeah. it was a very, very cool experience. Oh my gosh. And you mentioned my wedding too. And once we get to Danny's, I'll tell you guys about the witchy shit that happened around my wedding. Cause that was very, very cool. Yes. Danny. Well, honestly, every time I'm with this group and we go somewhere, I feel like we have a, they talk about these different places in the United States where there's like a vortex that opens mm-hmm. up. Um, totally. I think there's like one in Colorado and like Mount Shasta. Sedona. Yeah. 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 I feel like when, when we're together, you guys, it is fucking magic. Yeah. I don't oh, know yeah. what, what portal opens up, but I feel like Maria, I feel like you really get it going. Yeah. And then we're all just kind of like symbiotically like there, but somehow I, I just, I don't know what it is. And you guys, who knows, maybe we'll do be doing retreats and stuff yeah. soon. But I, I honestly feel like it is a, I feel it in that Pisces way of like, I can feel the energy spinning when, yeah. when we're together. So it, it opens up all of our psychic gifts. It, it gives us a, a total launch. So like I said, your, your tribe attracts your, your vibe attracts your tribe. Yeah. Um, but then people come like flocking to us. It's, it's, it's crazy. Blows my mind. Yeah, it's really cool. It's, it's really, really cool. Really even cool. when, and when Annie's in town, the same thing always happens. It's yeah. like, it's just magnified even more. So yeah, yeah. this is why I think Annie just needs to move to California. I, I think so too. Yes, you know, I know. Um, we, keep getting try- we keep trying to get her to get here. <laughs> please message, please message the Glamfit Diva on Instagram and just let her know that she needs to move. Yep. Hashtag um, California. Hashtag California. Um, Hashtag peer pressure. Yeah, the, exactly. The witchiest thing that that's happened to me recently, um, I've been on a really deep, journey of healing and I am doing weekly Reiki exchanges with my, um, with my Reiki teacher, Scott Holman. He's the Reiki daddy, um, on Instagram, if you want to look him up. And, uh, he did this healing for me and I really like was reliving a lot of trauma and intensity. And I, I had a big purge. I cried, um, just, just from the Reiki alone, I was very surprised because I have not had that visceral of a reaction from Reiki before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also I had a combo ceremony that I did with my, um, one of my closest friends, her name's Season Bender. Um, and she did the ceremony on me and we just, I felt really crossed with my connection with Rosemary and she helped me reconnect with my plant and, um, just, you know, having these spiritual experiences, I got to see my grandfather and my great grandmother come to me during the combo ceremony. I felt, I felt their hands holding my hands. And then once I felt that season went in blue smoke on my hands in that exact moment. And it, it was very, very real and very visceral. And just, they're both Sagittarius's, my, my grandma and my great, uh, my great grandma and my grandfather. And that's my North node. So I feel like they're kind of like watching over me, trying to help me achieve my goals and dreams and um, just remembering who I am because mm. there's been so much struggle and and I've been, like I said, just this deep journey of healing. So that was really profound for me to actually feel their energy with me, which, you know, you guys have these mediumship gifts. I probably have it too. I just need to to block it. Oh, Annie says they're behind me in the chat. Okay, Cause I thought the same thing, Annie, which side do you think that they're on? Well, because I have a very, like, I've I got the feel... same thing. As soon as you typed that, I was going to say like, Danny, I can, I can kind of see him standing behind All you. Right, tell me, tell me who's where. Cause I think oh. I feel him too. I could feel it like to, yeah, that side, that side, the side that you're putting your hand right now. 
See, for me, the, the grandmother is on the left side and the, the grandfather is on the right side. And that's one what has, I'm feeling. One has one has one hand on each of your shoulders. That's what I'm feeling too, you guys. Did one of them, did your grandfather wear a hat a lot? Yes, yes. Is it like kind of like a fedora-y kind of hat? Like the flat ones. Yes. Flat oh, hats. like a yeah. peach boy hat. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Was, I was getting more of a like, um, almost like a, like a, a fedora-ish hat. Interesting. Um, but that's so crazy. That yeah, their, so their names crazy. are Brescia and Augusto. And my grandma Brescia was a tarot card reader in Spain. That is so, so. cool. You talked about that on the episode of the our very yeah. first podcast together. That's right. Episode number 13, baby. Oh my God. I love that so much. Ah, oh, so good. So that was my most witchy experience. And then you guys saying that they're with me right now. Like I'm just praying so much. Please help me heal. Yeah. Please help me give me boundaries. Anybody listening, like... Let's extend this prayer out to everybody. Just Maria is living proof when you ask the divine for what you're seeking and it's a pure of heart intention, you will receive. Absolutely. So, And I'm asking universe, I'm ready to heal. Yeah, absolutely, baby. And they're here to help you with that. I can, I can feel that off them. That's amazing. Oh, it's so good. I love spooky stories, like spooky in a good way. Um, so for me, my witchiest experience was a lot of the things that we've been talking about, but also, so I got married on Samhain this year on Halloween. Um, it was my, my, the matriarch of our family, my, my family, my nonna, my, my grandmother. Um, it was her wedding anniversary and I picked Halloween because it's my favorite holiday, but also to honor her because she passed on in 2020. Um, and that was a very difficult time for my whole family. Um, and I just can feel her around me a lot. And I really wanted to honor her in particular because that was the one thing she always wanted to see me get married and she, she just missed it. Um, so my maid of honor actually made me this thing because she finds crow feathers everywhere. They just flock to her, pun intended. Um, <laughs> she made me this little um, laminated thing that had a, a crow feather that she had found in it and said, this is, this is to keep with you on your wedding day so that your grandmother can be with you. And that was so meaningful to me. And then when we were finally done with the ceremony and taking pictures afterwards, there was a huge flock or murder. I mean, if it's crows, it's a murder, but a huge flock that lasted for like a solid five minutes that flew by in this gorgeous formation, just as we're taking the pictures. And it was just this synchronistic moment for me of like, Oh my God, she is here with me. And it was just the coolest experience. And I wish you could feel the feeling that I felt when that happened, because it was so specific and so deep and I could just feel her there. It was the coolest experience. And then also before we went to do the ceremony, this group of spiritual besties came to my house and did a blessing with me for the wedding. And it was so gorgeous and so meaningful. And the whole day was filled with love and it went absolutely perfectly. And it was, I, I just feel like the magic was very visceral and real that day. It was, it was very, very cool. But yeah. I feel like you were really testing the universe. They're getting married um, during the, during uh, the shadow of Mercury mm -hmm. retrograde. But mm -hmm. even so, even so it did, it was such a beautiful day. And I, I mean, I'm definitely speaking for all of us here. I'm sure when I say that we were so, so honored to be a part of that, that ceremony and to be a part of your day in that way and to help really bless the union uh, of your life with aces in a way mm -hmm. that, that meant so much to you. 
Yeah. It was perfect. and that murder of crows. I I hope that your wedding photographer got pictures of that because I hope wow. so too. It was it was ridiculous. Like, and it was one of those things where I was just like, holy shit, <laughs> that's a really crazy thing. And Annie's actually asking me through the chat, was she an air sign? There was a lot of wind that day. She was born July second, and I'm I think that's cancer. Cancer, so a water sign. Um, so no, unfortunately, <laughs> but like, but you know, there were fountains at the the ceremony, so water. <laughs> All right, my darlings, is there any words of wisdom or anything that you would love to tell our listeners as a little capper for this particular episode for the season premiere of season two of this podcast? I just want to say for anybody who's out there and struggling, whether it's with your mental health, your authenticity, accepting yourself, um, just know that there there's other people out there like you mm-hmm. and make yourself open to know that, that you can connect with them. Um, because as you continue to connect with yourself, you will attract the people that, that just like this camaraderie, these friends that I have here on this podcast, these are my best friends. And we all met, I think within the last year, Yep. uh, besides me and Annie, we went to high school together, but, uh, it's, there's no greater magic than believing in yourself and attracting people that believe in you too. And, um, I love you guys so much. And oh, for anybody you listening, you know, it's, you're not alone. There's, there's people out there that, that are going to love you. So I love that. Cause that's, that is the main reason for this podcast is for those who maybe feel a little different. Their path is a little different than everybody else's. It is to let you know that you're not alone, that there are people out there that are here for you to hold space for you, to embrace your uniqueness, embrace the weird in you and to show you how beautiful that actually is. That's, that's the point of this podcast. So yeah. Does any, yes, Annie. Yeah. I was going to say to add to that too. Um, you know, if you're listening and you're stuck in something, you're strong enough to let go. Like your destiny is going to be your destiny and what you're meant to do is what you're meant to do. And eventually whatever you're holding on to that's keeping you stuck you have the power to let go of it and you have the strength to let go of it. So if it's any consolation, I've had to do it a million times to heal and to grow. And all of us here, Crystal, Danny, Maria, all of us have had to let go of so much shit in order to align with whatever is on our next level vibration. So I just want to encourage everyone listening um, to kind of piggyback off of what Danny said um, your next level does require you to let go of whatever you're currently holding on to. And um, I believe in you. I believe that you have the strength to let go. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That is such a beautiful thing because it, it, you do have to let go in order to transform and it can hurt like hell, but my God, is it worth it? Yeah, Maria. Um, you know, I think what Danny and Annie both said is so, so poignant and so important. And I think that the only other thing that I want to add uh, to to give to our listeners is that if you're listening to this and you're looking for a community of support, bitch, we got you. We got you. Just reach out to us. You know, you can find each of us on Instagram, on Facebook. Reach out to us because this is what we live for. We literally, our purpose, our divine purpose in this life for each of us is to help heal and bring magic into the lives of others in our own special way. And if you feel called to reach out, 
by all means, please do. Don't let your ego mind put doubt into your mind and be like, oh, well, this person won't have time for me. We have time for you and we want to be your community of support. We're totally willing to bring you into this tribe, this compassionate, loving, gentle, soft support that we offer. So you're not alone. Yes. And you do have the power to let go. Yes. And you also have us right here waiting for you to reach out. That is literally our purpose here. Absolutely. I, I, I couldn't agree with that more. That is so beautifully said, Maria. Thank you. And our purpose is not to just help you just to fix your problem. It's teaching you how to heal yourself, teaching you how to do this for yourself as well. So you can keep that long-term. It's not about putting a bandaid on it. It's about like getting to the root and getting it out. Um, and Annie wrote there, if we can't help you for whatever reason, we'll direct you to somebody who can. We absolutely. all have such a huge network. And we totally. are, that is what we live for. We are here to help heal. That's, that's our divine purpose. And probably why we're all in this incarnation together doing this. Amen. <laughs> you know? Amen. There is nobody that I would rather do life with than you bitches. Amen, oh, honey. Come amen. on. Amen. Oh, amen, sister friend. I love you. I love you. I, I see, see you. you. And, and baby, I, I am I you. Am you. <laughs> Baby, I am you. All right, witches, that's it for this week's episode. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. I hope you had as much fun as I did. For more on my guests this week, head on over to the show notes to find links to connect with them and see all of the magic that they have to offer. As always, you can find links to connect with me in the show notes as well. I hang out on Instagram most of the time, so head on over to Insta, check out my pages, and see all the witchy stuff that I'm up to. Finally, I would love to give a very special witchy shout-out to Brie Banuelos and Jason Andrews for the kick-ass intro and outro music for this podcast. You both are insanely talented, and I'm so grateful to be able to use a little piece of your brilliance. Thanks again for tuning in, and until next time... Ciao, witches.